Morning, St. Luke. It's Palm Sunday. And we usually begin Palm Sunday worship services with, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And often the organ will begin to play and we will sing. And children will come down the aisle waving palm branches. Exciting worship together. Now, we're not able to experience this morning, but hopefully you've watched the video we've put online. And I, I want to thank everybody who sent in pictures so that we could have some sort of palm parade this morning. But yes, this is a very different Palm Sunday than any of us expected. As I said a few weeks ago, we are going where we've not ever been before. And it is a little sad. Uh, I have to admit, you know, this is my first Palm Sunday in Holy Week with you at St. Luke's and I can't actually be with you at St. Luke's. But, and I'll, I'll say up front, I often use the word opportunity too much, but I think we have an opportunity to think about what it really means to say Hosanna. So this morning, I uh, want to read from Matthew chapter 21 and just the, the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 21. We'll start at verse 1. Listen as I read. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on the colt the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowd that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I pray that uh, your spirit be among us and teach us in all that is said and shared this morning be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here we see Jesus coming into Jerusalem and the crowd gathered and shouting, Hosanna. Those words, Hosanna, well, actually it's a word, it means save now. This cry to save us now, Lord, was on the hearts of the people. I mean, they wanted to be saved from oppression and difficulty and struggle and they sought the saving of the Messiah. And this idea of Jesus going and telling the disciples to go get a, a donkey and her young colt 
As you see here in the text, that's to fulfill this messianic image from Zechariah 9.9. This idea of the true king coming in. But also the people waving branches and laying them down. That is an important memory for the people of Israel. Just 200 years before this event in the life of Jesus, uh, Judas Maccabeus had come in to Jerusalem. He had come riding in and people had branches, especially palm branches, waving to him, shouting some of the same things. He comes in and then he overthrows the pagan oppressors and kicks them out and sets up a dynasty there and returns Jerusalem to what's supposed to be to a certain extent. But it doesn't last. But that is a memory for the people. They're, they're wanting this military leader to overthrow pagan Rome. Maybe the poor wanting to be freed. The truth is what we see here when they cry, Hosanna, save us. Most every group has an idea of what it is that they want to be saved from. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the zealots, the Essenes, even the tax collectors, sinners, the poor, and the common people. Everybody has an idea of what it means for them to be saved. What group is the problem and what salvation would look like. And the piece of this story that we don't need to miss is that by the end of the week, Jesus has stepped on everybody's toes. Jesus has not done what anybody was expecting. And how true that is of how Jesus works in our lives. So many times maybe what we pray for, how we, we pray for something and, and what Jesus does in our lives, how God works, isn't really what we wanted. I remember years ago praying for humility. And then over the next few years, God sent some things in my life and that really humbled me. And to be honest, they weren't comfortable. It was difficult. Or maybe you've prayed for perseverance or patience or endurance. Well, read in Scripture how that comes. You know, we're told we should celebrate and have joy in our trials because that's what produces perseverance and patience and encouragement and character. But sometimes how things are accomplished in our lives aren't what we expected. And the truth is sometimes we need to be saved from our own expectations that we place on Jesus. That I, I hear people all the time say, you know, the Jesus that I follow wouldn't do this or wouldn't do that or wouldn't say this. Well, the truth is, if we call Jesus Lord, then you and I don't get to pick what Jesus does. We don't get to pick how God may want to work in our lives. We get to surrender to it. We get to follow. And that's often uncomfortable. We don't get to follow the, the Jesus of our own imagination. And Jesus often steps in and works in a way that can be uncomfortable for us. 
And the truth is, when you peel away the layers, that sometimes what we need most to be saved from is ourselves. Deep in our own hearts, those places that the enemy has crept in and maybe brought a lie that we believe, or maybe even held something that we can't see in the shadows and that we aren't even aware of. Those ways and places that we hold back. You know, I, I hope that my Hosanna, my cry for save now, Lord, this year, is more honest and more real and more sincere in all aspects of my life than it, than it was last year. Because that's really how uh, Christian discipleship and faith development works. God is always growing us and changing us and transforming us. But the truth is, this year, most likely before the next Palm Sunday rolls around, there will be aspects of my life that God will need to expose. Maybe moments that I'll need to become aware of my motives that were not so pure. Maybe some harbored resentment or anger. Maybe some place or piece of my life or my heart that I just, you know, didn't want Jesus to save. And sometimes when we say, save us, Lord, it's not really everything in our lives. There's pieces and places that we hold back. We like the idea. Well, I want you to remember that it's those things. It's those moments that we don't surrender. It are the things that we do hold back. It's the ways that we don't want God to work that put Jesus on the cross. He dies for those things in our lives. He dies to wash them away, to transform us. And while this is a difficult and different Palm Sunday, it also reminds me of thinking about what worship and surrendering and inviting salvation really look like. You know, the song that keeps coming to mind for me is an old praise song that sometimes uh, people don't play as much anymore, but I still like, but I hadn't thought of it in a while. Is that song, Heart of Worship. It talks about as the music fades and everything's stripped away and we simply just come before God. That really, today, wherever we are, as we're spread across the city, have an opportunity to become face-to-face -face with the truth of what worship really is. Our lives are meant to be worship. Our homes, where we go, how we interact with others, are all to be acts 
of worship. When we cry out, Hosanna, save us, it should be for all aspects of our lives. And those places and pieces that are not surrendered yet are the things that he dies for, that he wants to transform. Those hidden motives, those ways that we participate in the oppression of others that would cost us dearly if we faced the truth about. Those things are part of what place him on the cross. And so I invite us as we enter into this Holy Week, this Palm Sunday, to maybe, yes, cry out, Hosanna, save now. But let's do it in a deeper, more significant way than maybe we've ever done before. Surrendering every aspect to him. And then the things that we discover along the way that we may not have let go of. We will have to let him experience his forgiveness and transformation. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we love you and praise you. We thank you for your faithfulness, for how you are with us. We thank you that we can cry out Hosanna and you meet us where we are. And even in our false expectations, you still love us, die for us to free us from the sin that enslaves us. I pray that each one of us surrender to you as Lord. Maybe some of us that have not done that before, to really acknowledge our sin, to really acknowledge our need for a savior, to invite you to really be Lord our lives and our homes and of who we are. We just invite you to work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.